Next on BYU Sports Nation, why second place doesn't stink, especially not last night at performance in Tractown USA, 32 years in the making. Newly crowned All-American Rory Linkletter joins us after an epic run at the NCAA Championships in Eugene, how he pulled off the major shocker. Plus a major league promotion for a former BYU baseball star, the latest on NFL tight end Dennis Pitta's status, and believe no more land? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live, BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, June 8th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. What's up? I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Shave Ice name dropper, Jerem Jordan. What's the context here? I have no idea. Normally, I I have it's tied into something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I don't... What? It's hot. I outside. want shaved ice. It's hot outside. That's that's about that's it. That's context for me. That's yeah, about I'm in. it. I'm in shaved ice later. Let's What's go. What's your go-to? Go-to uh, flavor. Tiger's blood. Tiger's blood for yeah. the win. Have you ever had Tiger's blood? Yes, it's No, delicious. like in real life? Nope. Me, Haven't me had neither. that. You're Haven't right. had that. Shave ice not to be confused That'd with be the weird. typical snow cone. Very, very different. Yeah, let's <laughs> When I was uh in Little League, you'd get a foul ball and return it to the clubhouse. And you'd get a snow you know, cone session item, and I'd get a snow cone. Yeah, in Vancouver, Washington, it was great with my buddy Justin Basil. There you go. Hey, Justin, what's going on, He's man? Definitely not watching. Speaking of the summer, <laughs> one of the questions that we are asked most this time of year is, "What are you guys going to talk about in the summer? You do your show every day. That's what? the number one what, question. What do you asked. do? Yeah. Uh, actually, the number one is, how's the football team going to do? That's the number one. Yeah, that one's right up there, yeah. isn't it? It's getting easier and easier thanks to athletic awesomeness from Brigham oh. Young University Athletics. It's been the best summer ever for the show. June 7th was a day to remember. Huh? That's right. Headlined by one of the best runs we've ever seen from a BYU track and field athlete. Enough to jump him up the Ginger Power Rankings and oh, the yeah. Y Awards Power Couple Rankings. So bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. News from the NCAA Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon. In the last lap of the 10,000-meter race, BYU's Rory Linkletter went from 10th place to 2nd place. Down the stretch he comes. Holy cow. He finished with a time of 29 minutes, 2 seconds, and 96 hundredths. It's the greatest BYU performance in that race in a very long time, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Rory Linkletter's second place finish in the 10,000 meters is BYU's best finish in that race since 1985 when Ed Eyestone won it. When How his long? coach won it. Ed Eyestone was on the show yesterday. Ed Eyestone was an Olympian. Ed Eyestone won the triple crown, the 5 and 10K in cross country, the 10K or 10,000 meters in track and field in 1984 and 5. What a performance from Rory Linkletter. I mean, this is amazing. And I jokingly thought, how much did he not expend that energy in laps 1 through 24? Lap 25, he goes crazy! That was unbelievable. Ed Eyestone received the karma, just saying, yesterday. And we had Jill Van Mierlo, his girlfriend, on Saturday. So we may have somehow transferred that in a, a new way. 
through coach and girlfriend who's hanging out with Rory? To the athlete that ran the same race that Ed Eyestone won in 1985? Come on. What would Bill Walton say about their performance, given the 85 context? I remember Rory Linkletter running the 10,000 meters. Unbelievable effort. I believe <laughs> It was like three minutes, right? I think he set the world record by 26 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Bill strikes again. Hey, and Rory wasn't the only guy to hit it big yesterday. Jacob Heslington came in seventh overall in the 3,000-meter steeplechase with a time of eight minutes, 43 seconds, 23 hundredths. He runs in the finals tomorrow. And BYU men's track and field currently in 10th place after day one of two at the NCAA Championships in Trackdown USA, Eugene, with eight points. Because of Rory. Link letter. Today, Jackson Walker continues competition in the decathlon. Whitney Orton in the 1500. Christy Rush Briggs in the steeplechase. I believe her husband was on the show last week. Yep. And Shay Collinsworth in the 800. Watch coverage on ESPN3 as well as ESPN2 tonight. There are some real point-scoring opportunities in terms of a team for BYU tonight. Especially Shay. Yeah. Shay Collinsworth is, we thought, BYU's best chance at finishing high. Rory in second place. I mean... That could be the high finish. Hopefully it's Shea in first in the 800. Man, good luck to the BYU track and field athletes as they continue their runs, pun intended, in Eugene, Oregon. Some unfortunate news for Dennis Pitta, released by the Baltimore Ravens yesterday after suffering his third hip injury of his professional football career. We send our best to Dennis He's one of the good guys. He had 224 catches, over 2,000 yards receiving in his NFL career, 13 touchdowns, and a Super Bowl championship. Dennis, we love you, man. Get better. You'd have to think this is the end for Dennis. Yeah. I, I don't see another team kind of three of the same injury, two on the same hip. For his sanity, I don't want him to have to go through it again. You want to be able to walk normally and yes. have a normal life. So this is probably the end for Dennis. At some point, if it is, you know, he'd announce his retirement or whatever. But, you know, maybe there's a chance he tries again. I'm, I'm just thinking that might not happen. It's disappointing for sure, but let's not overlook the fact that he was incredible when he was healthy yeah. at BYU just, and with the Ravens. It just thinks that two of BYU's best. In fact, you could argue Dennis Pitta. You could, he's in the convo for best tight end ever here. Austin Colley, to me, is the best receiver BYU's ever had. Those two did not have full NFL careers, and that's just – that just stinks. Injuries so, stink. Yeah, they do. A source confirmed to BYU Sports Nation uh, says Jacob Brugman has been called up to the Oakland Athletics. Yes. He's the first Cougar to receive a promotion to the MLB since Matt Carson in 2009. This is a big deal, people. There have only been four promotions, you know, guys in the majors, the last 20 years from BYU Baseball. So this is a big deal for Jacob Brugman, who was drafted in 2013, has been really good with the Nashville Sounds, batting 298 this year in AAA. To the majors, baby. Call him up. Jacob Brugman. Brugge's playing for the Oakland Athletics in the big show. Congratulations. Fantastic news. Plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Second place doesn't always stink. Rory Linkletter is a prime example of that. It's all about context, right? When you exceed expectations, which Rory did, hey, second place is outstanding. If it's unexpected, it absolutely makes a difference. You go from 10th place in the 25th and final lap all the way up to second. Amazing. Amazing. 
So we now present a question that more than likely will make you think deeply to find that perfect answer, and maybe Rory Linkletter is the answer to the question. Jerem, roll it out. We want to have some fun with this, okay? What is the best runner-up finish in BYU history? (laughs) In the case of Rory Linkletter, it's great, right? Most of the time in team sports, it is not so great, but it can be. We'll discuss. At one bald Cairo doc, he used the hashtag BYUSN. Steve Young, Heisman Trophy runner-up in 1983, behind Mike Rozier. By the way, only four schools have more Heisman finalists since 1982 than BYU. I 100% agree with at one bald Cairo doc. That is my answer. Steve Young in 1983, not only because it was a second-place finish for him in the award given to the best college football athlete overall, but I feel like, Jerem, that he was the best player on one of the best, if not maybe You've called it the, best. the best. You think yes. it's the best yes. I, I think that that is the best football. BYU football team in the history of the program. People say, whoa, what national championship. They set up the national championship run. They set up the national championship run with Steve Young, the second-place finisher in Heisman voting. The guy who they gets had, the kill gets more attention than the setter. They the had setter was 83. wins, yes. The Taylor Sander, Ben Patch was 84. BYU had was. three wins against teams that finished in the top 20 rankings that year. That finished. It's never happened in BYU history. Okay, my answer is Frankie Fredericks, okay? Who? Track and field, BYU. He goes... To the Olympics, representing his country. Four-time silver medalist. One, two, three, four times. That's incredible. In the 100 and 200, 92 and 96. In 96, you may recall a fleet-footed, gold-spiked-wearing Michael Johnson setting a world record. So that the guy that comes behind him is Frankie Fredericks. Four-time silver medalist in that. I also think of um, you know BYU football quarters two through four. Stop it! Get out of here! Bowl. Come on! That was a tremendous second place finish in that no, game. No, twenty-eight to nothing. No, run. no. <laughs> I'm just no. Kidding. I'm throwing the flag on that. Yeah, exactly. I'm throwing the flag on that, Jerem. Okay. That, I, yeah, I'm kidding. That, that, Obviously, that game stunk. Oh, yeah. Um, on a serious note, women's volleyball in 2015 national championship runner-up. They were not supposed to be there. They were not seeded. They were not a seeded team. They were the first unseeded team to make to the national finals ever. In that case, I wasn't bummed if you already lost the title game. They weren't even supposed to be there. You know what I have been bummed about, though, with runners-up? Men's volleyball. This is a really good program. Great team. 13, 14, 16, 17, not been able to get a title game. I think BYU is going to get one in the next couple of years. So why is that different than Frank Fredericks Expect, finishing ex- second place four times? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, if Ab- the, if, yeah, expectations play into how you feel about things quite a bit, right? I'm going to go off the radar with this one and bring up something that Coach Cleve brought up to us in Studio B. The year 2000, in BYU year basketball, 2000. the Cougars – won two games in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They beat New Mexico, upset, and then they beat the University of Utah to get to that Mountain West Conference Tournament final. Hey, you said the golden words, beat Utah. And he said that at that moment something shifted in the team's mind. They won the Mountain West Conference Tournament the next year. And we've been waiting for the next one. Oh, man. Getting to that final, that was a, a serious shifting point for that era of BYU basketball. Interesting. Yeah, normally second place stinks, right? Like, who wants second? But in, in the case of Roy Linkletter, he was supposed to finish second. He was he – that the time he had to be able to get to second and the, the pace and the, 
That's fantastic. So the expectation plays into this quite a bit. Women's volleyball, Frankie Fredericks, Steve Young. Trust me, after 82, no one was saying Steve Young was going to finish top 10 Heisman, let alone second. BYU finished 8-4 and four that year? Yeah. Steve Young's first start uh, in 82 is to open a newly renovated Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU loses to Air Force. How dumb did he feel? <laughs> then the next year, BYU goes on this crazy run, sets up 84. It's amazing, right? So, yeah, expectations play into this. And it's, it's kind of a funny Twitter question because no one wants to be the runner-up. But if your expectations were super low... Maybe runner-up's not so bad. It kind of depends, right? That brings us back to our Twitter question. What is the best runner-up finish in BYU history? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. I got one. Oh, boy. At Hey Joey Jr., Spencer Linton came second to himself on the 40-yard dash. <laughs> hey, Moral Joe. victory. Moral victory. You finished in the top two. But your expectation, <laughs> like if you had said, I'm going to run a 5-4, boom, baby. I ran but an unofficial 516. I'm going with that one. That's okay? unofficially awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? At Laser Sheep tweets in women's volleyball in the NCAA championship. Yeah. So many more women's teams than men's teams, so you have to really dominate. It's a good point in that in the sport of volleyball. teams. Yeah, Woo. not bad. Ask Gonzaga. Tough Runner to do. Stinks, but it's nice. Coming up, Rory Linkletter will join us to discuss that crazy second-place finish. But first, Bill Connolly of SB Nation. Why is BYU-Utah's biggest game? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We rollin'. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you respond. And if you don't already, follow at BYU Sports Nation. Join the almost 20,000 strong on our Twitter machine. Hey, coming up in two weeks and one day, June 23rd, I believe it's the first football media day of any team or conference in the country. I could be wrong on that, but let's just say it's number one for now. Uh, BYU football media day, June 23rd. Well, BYU starts the season early in zero week against week Portland State. Zero, which makes no sense and total sense at the same time. On some network called Espen. Espen the magazine. Yes, yes. Our Twitter question today: What is the best runner-up finish in BYU history? This Some is people a, this are like, is an amazing question. "Why in the world are you asking? What is the best runner-up finish?" Why would you ask that? Well, it deals with what Rory Linkletter did last night, finishing second in the ten thousand meters. We'll talk to him coming up, and that was amazing. At Coach Wait UD says, "At Shaq Walker when he lost to me in our only ever head-to-head oh! eight hundred meter race." Ryan Waite. Ryan Waite was a hot take. Wow. Going after Shaq. Shaq. Oh, and you better, you better believe that he at he included of course Shaq he in that tweet. Of course he did. Can't wait for the response on that. Joining us now, somebody else we can't wait for. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, SB Nation specialist, and a guy that we feel like is a strong candidate to become college football's commissioner. The, the commish! Bill Connolly. Bill, nice to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you. If you're the only person who has declared their candidacy, then you are the leader. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, yes, I, I completely I, I concur with what you said. We're on the campaign trail with Bill Connolly. Bill, uh, we enjoy what you've written over the uh, past few weeks, especially about BYU in Utah. It has caught our attention. And we couldn't help but notice that when you wrote Utah's preview, 
you mentioned that the showdown at BYU was the Utes' biggest game. Why do you feel like that is the biggest game for the Utes and the Cougars? Yeah, Utah fans kind of noticed that, too. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that we would ever, uh, you know, needle a fan base by knowing exactly what will get them riled up, but uh, it didn't hurt in this case. But, no, I mean, I this year, uh, and Vegas has me backed up on this, this year Utah's schedule gets pretty ridiculously hard. And, and basically my logic there, I mean, number one, it is a rivalry game, so even – whether they acknowledge it or not. Therefore, it gets a, a point for that. But the bottom line is, if you want to make sure you're finished 6-6, six and six, that becomes pretty hard to do if you lose to BYU. And BYU came really close last year to beating Utah. So, um, you know, if they lose that game, it, it, it could mean a 2-4 a and four start, depending on how things break. And that makes it a pretty big game in my eyes. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when you were on, but this, this game this year seems to have even more increased meaning and context given BYU's lost six in a row, given Utah's over-unders at five and a half or a win total. What do you you think of the context going into this year's uh, week two matchup with Utah and BYU? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it is in Provo to begin with, and and they and like I said, BYU almost won in Utah last year. But you've got uh, after that, you've got a likely win against San Jose State, so that's fine. Even if you lose, you're two and one. If you lose to BYU, but then you know the trip to Arizona. Arizona is actually healthy, or, or could be healthy, I guess this year. I, I shouldn't jinx them. Uh, and if they are healthy, uh, they are much more experienced than they were last year. Stanford at home is obviously a potential loss. You, trip to USC is a likely loss. So I mean, you really are. If you lose that game, you're looking at two and four when Arizona State comes to town. So that um, there are more wins or potential wins on the back end of the schedule. But this is a tricky slate, especially early. And and uh, they really weren't on paper any better than BYU last year. And now they have to win in Provo. So in a roundabout way, you are saying that if Utah doesn't beat BYU, they might not make a bowl game. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> It, make, it makes it a lot harder, that's for sure. I mean, the, right now, I think the projected win total that I have uh, is right at about 5.8, and that, that, those are conservative. That's, you know, if, if it's a 60% chance to win and you get .6, so nobody's very high or low, but regardless, there are a ton of toss-ups on that schedule, and if you lose the very first one, it, uh, and things get a little trickier. Well, like you said, Las Vegas is backing your numbers. They have Utah's over-under win total set at 5.5, that according to South Point. BYU, meanwhile, by the same group of experts, has their win total set at 10 right now, which was like, whoa, and you have it closer to eight. Why do you feel like your projection should be more accurate than Las Vegas? Well, I'm never going to say I'm more accurate than Vegas. Vegas knows what doing. <laughs> but I would say the major difference here is that I, I try to keep my projections pretty simple, and, and you know, because if you don't keep them simple at a, if you don't keep them at a pretty high level, you'll just drown in the granularity. And I think what Vegas is seeing that my numbers aren't necessarily seeing is that Tanner Mangum is kind of like having a returning starter at quarterback. Uh, my numbers just look at last year's stats, and they see that last year's starting quarterback, the guy who threw for most of last year's yards, is gone. And so uh, I would assume that that alone, you know, if you look at the projections, BYU's projected 23rd with my numbers, but 83rd on offense. I would not assume that they finish 83rd, and, and uh, part of the reason for that low projection is the quarterback. You recently released an article talking about relegation and promotion. If it happened in uh, college football, what would that mean? Where did you have BYU uh, in that, and what caused you to think of that? Because I think that's a pretty fun idea. 
Yeah, we've been tinkering with the relegation idea uh, for a few years, and nobody ever says no when I when I offer to write, make some ridiculous simulation. But um, yeah, I mean that, the the bottom line with the, the commissioner, the big commissioner platform thing that we put out a couple of weeks ago, and then this piece is that I, I the the biggest thing for me with college football is that we need to have as much merit involved as possible, and that's something that we lose a lot in college football when you think about how much of your conference status, your pro, whether you're in a power conference or not depends on geography and who you were friends with in 1933 <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, and, and BYU is in trouble in both of those accounts so you know that that is they have played like a power conference team program for going on three decades but they aren't in a power conference uh, and that's part of the reason why so um, you know it, it really is uh, uh, you you think about a lot of the teams that struggle most of the time at the power conference level they haven't really done anything in the last 40 years to really earn a spot in the power conferences while BYU and Boise State and all these other teams, Toledo, North Dakota State at this point, have in fact played, uh, have made the right moves and, and played at a top 40 level for a long time and probably a deserved power status. So that's, that's where it all came from. And so I just, to see what the effects of a, of if we took divisions one, two, and three, broke them into eight tiers basically, and then just uh, started promoting and relegating the champs in the last place teams each year, you end up in a situation where the Pac-12 is made up of uh, Boise State and BYU instead of, I believe, Oregon State and I think Washington State still hasn't quite made it back up yet at the moment. Bill Connolly, (laughs) SB Nation, college football expert with us on BYU Sports Nation. The idea of knocking bad Power 5 teams down to the Group of 5 conferences and then replacing them with deserving Group of 5 teams, and that would bring a whole new dynamic to college football. Yet it I mean, frankly, it's just impossible. Why, why is it impossible, Bill? It's, impo- it's impossible because this is a, as great an idea as this is. It's something you have to bake into uh, the mix at the very start because once you have an established top tier of, of conference members, uh, neither they nor their friends in the power conferences are going to say, yes, let's do this, and maybe you know, maybe Rutgers will be playing in the Missouri Valley Conference in two years. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to do that. Um, and you know, those connections are strong enough to where it, this is something that would have to have been baked in from the very start, and it wasn't, so that we're stuck with what we have. Bill, you have uh, the BYU audience at this point. Please give us your best, uh, or take the floor, for your platform to become the commissioner of college football. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, this this piece that, uh, that we put out at Recipe Nation, it came about in a couple of different ways. Number one, we, college football needs a commissioner. Um, there are bigger decisions that need to be made above just like the conference per conference level or even the power conference or division one versus two and three, et cetera. There are bigger decisions about college football that need to be made over the coming five, 10, 20 years. Um, and a commissioner would be, that structure would be perfect. The problem is, you know, like Bud Selig being an owner and then becoming the commissioner of a bunch of owners in, in Major League Baseball, if uh, it, it is an insider, then nothing really changes. You're just um, changing the structure slightly, and, and the decision-making basically goes about the same way. So the, the thought here was that we need, it would need to be somebody who's not already kind of influenced by and beholden to the, the, the conference commissioners, for instance. Uh, and then, you know, since we started this piece last year when there was a campaign going on, we, we twisted that around to, yeah, it should just be me. And so uh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that, that piece came about, and I, I really enjoyed it. Bill Connolly, a man that America can trust. That's I can right. see the platform right. now. What's up next for your summer series of engaging articles uh, while we wait for the college football season to start? 
Well, the giant uh, relegation simulation is in the rearview mirror now. So uh, now it's basically focusing mostly on the power conference previews. Just about done with the Pac-12. Uh, take a week off next week to go on location to a secret uh, destination that I will probably accidentally reveal on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we'll resume with, I think, the Big Ten after that. So now we're, we're in the home stretch. We're in the power conference previews. We've made it to the worst part of the Valley at this point. Bill Connolly with us. Uh, let's just finish with this one. Will the Cavaliers beat the Warriors at least one game in the NBA Finals? <laughs> you know, as a, as a writer for SB Nation, and, and so, you know, a site that has made a lot of bones off of the 3-1, to one, they were down 3-1 joke uh, from last year. I do hope they get to win at least one here so that we can say they were down 3-1 and everybody can make jokes for a day until the Warriors go back home and smoke <laughs> them. So I do. I, uh, Charlotte Wilder, I believe, one of our uh, SB Nation writers, wrote a piece uh, yesterday about, you know, at this point the only entertainment value is if they go 16-0. So I'm kind of rooting for that, too. I guess, I guess that means I'm happy either way. Great stuff. Bill, always a pleasure to talk to you. You can find more of Bill's stuff on SB Nation or the podcast Ain't Played No One, or Ain't Played Anyone, I should say. Great stuff. Google his name. I can't guarantee you won't get lost in that vortex, though. Yeah, and, and you'll also find things about a Scottish comedian in there, too. That's yeah. right, baby. <laughs> Bill, great to talk to you. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. All right. Bill Connolly of SB Nation. Relegation and promotion. Can you imagine what that would do to college football? Oh, it's never happening. But it it's would make idea. all of those yeah. seamless, you know, meaningless games that much more important, it's right? It's so crazy, I don't even entertain the thought. Oh, it's it so crazy. So It's fun. perfect for June and July, though, I'll be honest. I, I love having Bill Connolly on. He's a smart dude. Like, he's, he's one of those writers that really gets it, national guy, got some next-level thoughts, understands stats at the next level, real accurate in what he predicts. He's on. So yeah, the witty. fact that Utah – I'm sitting here going, we're breaking down Utah's schedule, and I was like, what's the name of the show again? That Utah probably needs to beat BYU to get into a bowl. That's why we're I'm, breaking down their schedule. I'm looking at well, I'm looking at Utah's schedule and going, "Wow, he's right. He is right." They probably have to six. beat BYU to they're feel comfortable six. about going to a bowl game. Their back six is crazy. It's crazy, out of control. And he's right. We're really not that far from college football. Countdown to the Viking. Seventy nine. Listen to the back six for that team up north. Arizona State, at Oregon, UCLA, Washington State, at Washington, Colorado. Okay, well, they'll beat UCLA, so that's, that's a guaranteed win. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't talk. Yeah. It's funny to talk smack on UCLA when BYU's lost the last two of It really, it's, it's like know. weird. I'm just frustrated because they don't live up to expectations. Rory Linkletter exceeded expectations. Second place of the NCAA championship. The Karma's Real Hood join us next. Hey there, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. That's right. If you missed Bill Connolly of SB Nation, join the program last segment. Uh, we talked about the importance of the BYU-Utah game for Utah to get into a bowl game, plus our discussion about the greatest runner-up situation in BYU sports history based on Rory Linkletter. Download the podcast or the app. Watch show on BYU TV or BYU Radio's free apps. Yeah, why does Bill go against Vegas and their win projection for BYU, the over-under at 10 right now? He has it closer to 8.5. He explains all of that 
Great interview. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines with the aforementioned Rory Linkletter. NCAA track and field championships happening in Eugene, Oregon in the last lap, 25th lap, the 10,000-meter race. BYU's Rory Linkletter went from 10th place to second place, finishing with nearly his best time ever in that race, 29 minutes, 2 seconds, 96 hundredths. The second-place finish, BYU's highest finish in that race since Ed Eystone, the head coach, won the race in 1985. Holy cow, Rory Linkletter. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Jacob Hesslington came in seventh overall in the 3,000-meter steeplechase with a time of 8 minutes, 43 seconds, and 23 hundredths. He runs in the finals tomorrow. Track and field continues today. The men's team in 10th place after day one of two. Eight points from Rory Linkletter. Watch coverage on ESPN3 as well as ESPN2. Tonight, Shea Collinsworth uh, among the notables competing tonight in the 800. Dennis Pitta, released by the Baltimore Ravens yesterday after suffering his third significant hip injury of his NFL career. We wish the best to Dennis, a speedy recovery, and uh, man, just get better, Dennis. Unfortunate news for him for sure, such a great athlete. And I have confirmed through a source that Jacob Brugman has been called up to the majors uh, from AAA, which is awesome. He's the first Cougar to receive a promotion to Major League Baseball since Matt Carson in 2009. That should be officially announced today or tomorrow. Congratulations to Jacob Brugman. Second guest on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now is Rory Linkletter, newly tabbed All-American and 10,000-meter runner-up at the Eugene, Oregon NCAA Championships. Rory, when did you finally catch your breath? Um, Currently still trying to find it. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow, man. That was really fun to watch. What happened in that final lap to help you pull off one of the more improbable runs that we've ever seen from a BYU athlete? Well, I kind of knew that I had some speed going into the race, that if it was a slower tactical race the first half, that my chances went up. And I just kind of decided that I was going to make my move because I wasn't in an All-American position, which was kind of the, the, the first primary goal, is just, just nab an All-American spot, score some points for the team. And I was just outside of that, and so I decided to move. And when I started moving, I got moving a lot faster than I thought I would immediately and was passing people at a faster rate than I expected and was just cruising. What was that feeling like as you were in the zone on that last lap? It was like the best feeling in sports that I can even imagine, like just absolute flow, just everything was just clicking. I was just, the crowd was excited. I mean, it was electrifying I just felt great. What was flowing more, you or your hair in the breeze of (laughs) Eugene, Oregon? It's hard to believe it, but probably me. (laughs) Rory Linkletter with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Newly tabbed All-American finished second in the 10,000 meters. At what point in the race did you think, okay, I have a shot to do something special here? Honestly, not until about... 400 to go because I was still not even like you said like ninth tenth place of the lap to go and at that point like if I would have gotten 10th I wouldn't have been a good performance in my mind I would have been upset so uh I mean probably when I started passing people and realizing that I was gaining momentum and that I was going to catch a lot more so I, I want to bring up something that uh, Ryan Waite, who used to used to be the director of uh, ops for track and field, uh, said on Twitter. And I'm going to read this and then get your reaction. If you were watching the NCAA men's 10K tonight, you might have wondered who that BYU kid was 
was that ran the sub two minutes for his last 800 to move all the way up to second place. That BYU kid's the guy that goes to bed before 10 on the weekends, who only eats Ferrari fuel, who doesn't skip on lifting core, stretching, or massages, who drives extra to run on dirt trails, and who doesn't taper for regular season meets, and now he's the NCAA runner-up. Wow. Your reaction to that, uh, that piece from Ryan Waite? That, that meant a lot to me. Ryan was probably one of the key, like, people in my, in my growth here at BYU. Uh, he's like, he was a younger guy. He was kind of like a coach, director of operations here at BYU. So he was a, a good friend of mine, and we talked a lot. And he was a great athlete here at BYU. So when I looked up to him and asked for advice, and he knew from his experience and from being around it, the program during times like Jared Ward and Jason Witt, what it took to make that level, that jump. And I asked him what I needed to do. And he would tell me what he thought those guys did to get there and what I I could do. And I just listened. And that's just, I mean, that's all it was, is just his example and guys that before me that did a really good job at setting the way. So what has the response been like for you between phone calls, text messages, and all of this attention on social media? Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's overwhelming. I mean, who would have thought that, I mean, the 10,000 meters coach, I stone jokes. He caught whenever he mentions the 10 K he says, and running the 10,000, the most exciting race in track and field, because <laughs> it kind of has kind of has the batter at because it's, it's a long one. <laughs> I mean, even, even I will admit, I, I try to zone out and not pay attention the first part of the race. Cause it's just so long. and grueling, <laughs> So <laughs> That's amazing. Um, BYU Photo was there, and they captured some amazing reactions from you when you realized, you know, kind of like it, it looked like that was the moment when it set in. Um, was was that the moment when BYU Photo kind of caught you with your hands in the air, like wow? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, just just emotion, just pure emotion. Like I was just so enthused. Just wow, I had reached and exceeded all expectations that I had for myself. I mean, I had dreamt of like that exact thing happening where I just everything felt right and I just closed well and it happened. And just when I crossed that line, I was just like, holy crap, that's what that's what I captioned it on my Instagram. And that's like <laughs> the best thing I could say, holy crap. Fair, totally fair. Right. That's great. What did your head coach Ed Eyestone and uh, assistant coach uh, Diljeet Taylor say to you after the run? Oh, they were they were freaking out. I uh, you have to go through a, a media area before you can come out to where the coaches are, and so I had a little interview, and then so there was kind of like a waiting period, and I walked out, and uh, they were all just chanting my name, like them and my teammates, and it was really exciting, and I mean just overwhelming again, just so much emotion, so thankful for all their sacrifices for me and all their support, uh, Coach Taylor wrote me a good little letter before the race. She always does that for her athletes, but she did it for me, even though uh, I'm a man, she coaches the women's team, but she wrote me a nice letter telling me that she believed that I could do it. And I mean, I just really appreciate the belief that others had in me because it's hard for me to believe that I could have done that. But when others believe it, it just makes it so great. Our interactions for the most part have come on a stage with you where we were at the Y awards and you were upset about not being in the top five power couples. It's safe to say that you've 
skyrocketed into the top You're five in, man. and in the top oh. five redheaded athletes at BYU. So congratulations <laughs> on climbing both of those, Roy. So so that one, the top five redheaded athletes, I don't want a part of because I do not accept the fact that I am a redhead. Are you, are you blonde? Blonde. Blonde. Yeah, okay. Strawberry, Strawberry blonde. blonde. It, I'll, I'll take the ranking, anything to get some recognition. <laughs> for, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I consider myself blonde. Okay. I actually, Jack Walker started a poll on Twitter. I voted on it. Blonde or red, because he <laughs> believes it's blonde, and he doesn't, he doesn't see how anyone could believe otherwise. So. <laughs> I voted red in this. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Maybe it was the lighting at Hayward Field, but I feel like I'm I'm pretty blonde. Oh, you can I'm have gonna, whatever you want after that race. Yeah, yeah, time, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make the. Yeah. I'm looking up what the results on that are right now. Okay, yeah. I'll let you know. Well, Jerem looks that up. The blonde. I got it. Wonder. I got it. Okay, what is it? So, so the question: What color is at the Papa Links the NCAA 10K runner-ups hair color? Sixty-seven percent red. <laughs> I, I feel like half those people were just trying to get under my <laughs> Rory, great stuff. Uh, I, I, we had your girlfriend, Jill Van Mirlo, on the show in Corona, California, and both of you are, oh, man, exceeding expectations for sure. Let's finish with this. I, I have to know, what, where did at the Papa Links come from as your Twitter handle? Okay, this is a good one. Um, so in high school, when I was a senior, is when I got my Twitter account. On the cross-country team, I was a captain, and I made the freshmen on the team call me Papa, and they already called me Lynx, like, because Link Letter, so Papa Lynx, so okay. that's what they called me, and I stuck with it. It's kind of an odd one, but, yeah, maybe I got to change that one day, but No, I, I like, like it. it. It's good. It's unique. <laughs> People remember it. You don't forget something like that. Someone else is at Papa Lynx. I just want to make that clear. So it's at the Papa Lynx. The yeah. Papa Lynx, yeah. yeah. The, there you go. Rory, congratulations, man. That was Very really cool. fun. Uh, keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thank you. Rory Linkletter on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. One of the greatest Canadian – greatest? Greatest Canadian athletes <laughs> of all timeiest at Brigham Youngiest. That was, I, I'm telling you, that was a heck of a performance because we did not expect him to be top five. He said if he had finished in 10th, he would have been disappointed. But he said he dreamt that exact scenario playing that? out like that. Like, it's really cool. He's not bummed he didn't win the title because he shot past a, <laughs> eight guys he passed in the eight final lap. In the final Woo! lap. Man. Which takes us to our Twitter question. What is the best runner-up finish in BYU history? At Roland Hall. Johnny Linehan running up the field on 4th and 19. He even got to the top. Oh, enough of Johnny Linehan and 4th and 19. It's a yellow come card. On, come on. It's a yellow card to at Roland Hall. Throw the flag. Yeah, that's a 15-yard unsportsmanlike <laughs> ejection. You're gone. You're gone. He did point out this. <laughs> he even got to the second yard line. Oh, come on. <laughs> Enough, Johnny. We and can't go a fourth show. Fourth and 19. We cannot go a show without fourth and 19. Jeez. That and Molongi. Fourth and no more, people. Come on. <laughs> up next, big deal, no deal. Anything We're all but fired that. up. Anything but that. A transfer that never was? That's, what does that mean? Hollow drama last night. Woo. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in the studio bizzle, live with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcasts. It airs weeknights starting promptly 
at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And coming up June 23rd from 12 to 2 Eastern time, our two-hour BYU Sports Nation BYU Football Media Day special. Can't wait. Our Twitter question today, what is the best runner-up finish in BYU history? At pro underscore couch potato tweets in. pro. Different way to look at it, but 2008 Utah finishing number two. We still have a championship, meaning BYU. They don't. Listen, that was a great finish for Utah. Sugar Bowl champs beat Alabama. Let's give credit where credit is due, okay? I don't want to give them credit ever. But you are giving them credit. I'm just, no, I'm not. I'm just I'm not American Express. That's their business. But I'm just saying that's what happened in 2008. <laughs> I get I get the <laughs> pro couch potato. Time to play big deal, no deal. Big deal. No deal. Brought to you by Brady Industries, provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Rory Linkletter, a Canadian, now an All-American. I thought Greg Rubel was the only one that would bring that up, but okay, here we are. Uh, I'll go big deal. The fact that he's Canadian has nothing to do with it. The fact that he's an All-American, amazing. We just talked to him. We chronicled it. What a performance from... Rory Linkletter. Yes, this is a big deal, and he's a North American. And Canada is still in North America last I checked, so he can be an All-American. Mostly. And he's blonde, <laughs> not red. And he's he's totally red. Look at his hair. That's, that's the big Well, it looks blonde right there. It looks blonde right there. That's not blonde. Yours is Lighting. blonde. Lighting. That's red. Lighting. That's totally red. Hey, I say we give the man what he wants after that performance. You're the right. blonde wonder, Rory Linkletter. Reddish blonde wonder. Number two. The red was obviously from the, the flames as fast as he <laughs> ran that last yes. lap. It's just the afterglow of his performance. Yes. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Nick Emery's tweet last night. Okay, uh, what happened? Okay, last night Nick Emery tweets to the effect of, hey, you know, my time at BYU has been amazing. I appreciate the support of all the coaches, blah, blah. I see this on Twitter and I go, is Nick Emery transferring? He didn't say he's transferring. He didn't say he's leaving. This is weird. So I start checking into things. Anyways, he was just a grateful dude tweeting out, thanks for the support. But it's, but the tone was kind of like, I'm done. So he is not transferring at all. He later tweeted out like, hey, phrasing can mix up the message. Blah, blah. <laughs> so there was this hollow drama last night with Nick Emery. No deal for uh, me. T- yeah, no deal. No, no deal. deal. Because I was like, no. Can we just – No. Yeah, can we, can we stop? We – our society is so caught up in Look reading. Look at me when you, I'm the one that was like, wait, what? Reading into everything. I know, but it's, we are a product of this culture, okay? So it's like, what does this really mean? Well, what yeah, does this not? tweet it's really mean? It's a public mean? text message. That's why can't what it we tweeted. just take it for a surface level? Like, he's just a grateful guy. Because no one does that. That's, <laughs> That's a complete <laughs> no miscalculation that. of what happened. Yes, for once I agree with Robert and I. Number three. The doctor. Yeah, shocking people overreacting to Twitter. That, that doesn't ever happen. Big th- big deal, no deal. Jacob Brugman being called up to the majors by the Oakland A's. This is a big deal. First one in the Mike Littlewood era. First BYU player in the majors, you know, since uh, Matt Carson in 2009. Fourth in the last 20 years. This is a big deal. This is absolutely a big deal for BYU baseball. Huge, enormous, gigantic, fantastic deal that Jacob Brugman has worked his way through the minor leagues like an all-star and gotten himself to the big show. If anybody thinks this isn't a big deal, I question your BYU fandom. I mean, Or your knowledge of how this works. Exactly. <laughs> this is a huge yeah, ab- deal. He's going to the show, baby. Congratulations to Jacob Brugman at Bruggy 4 on his way up. Number four. 
Big deal, no deal. BYU joined on the regional Phil Still College Football Preview magazine cover by one Mountain West Conference team and two <gasps> Big 12 teams. What? No deal, but it's really funny. The fact that the ex-wife and the hopeful future wife it was on there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big deal, but not because of who BYU is surrounded by. The fact that BYU is in a place each and every year to grace the covers of these college football magazines. It shows that BYU is a target market for college football fans, and they understand that BYU fans are passionate and will buy the magazine. This is good target marketing. The brand sells. Yeah, the stretch Y sells. That's why they're consistently on the magazine, at least regionally, every stinking year. So I think that that is a big deal. Yeah, they should be on regional magazines. Yeah. Number five. Who else are they going to put on? The New Mexico? Nope. Big deal, no deal. Last one off the board a little bit here. LeBron James averaging a triple-double but still falling short to the dubs? I'm good. I'm averaging a triple-double. This is a big deal. What else can LeBron do? He, I don't think he can physically do anything else. I don't know. Take a shot in the last three minutes. That would help. But what is, he, he needs to add somebody. Listen, the Warriors and Cavs are playing risk. It's the very end of the game. There's only two teams. Every time you turn in cards, it's like 100 armies. That's what we're at. And the Warriors are the latest to turn in their cards. The Cavs need to turn in their cards. They're not going to get a Kevin Durant, but they can get a Kevin Durant type to at least offset the second-best player in the world's production somewhat. they got to add, like, Paul George or somebody. Is it a big deal that he's averaging a triple-double and they still can't beat the Warriors? Yeah. Because what, what else is he supposed to do? Absolutely, it's a big deal. Yeah. That it's taking that kind of effort and they still can't win. It's incredible. I mean, let's... Let's enjoy the ride. Oh, I love it. And what this Warriors team is doing right now. You might hate them, but you have to appreciate the fact that no team has ever done what they are doing right now. I'm, I'm not bored by this. In fact, I think it's amazing. I think we're watching history in the making. In fact, I think we're watching the greatest NBA team ever assembled. The Cavs are set up for the best runner-up finish in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> not a thing it's left, it's not. <laughs> Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around, including the latest from the major leagues and Cougars on the PGA Tour. Air Summer Haze update. Air Summer Big Deal, No Deal on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Bill Connolly of SB Nation and the newly tabbed All-American runner-up in the 10,000 meters at the NCAA Championships, Rory Linkletter. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You know who's the opposite of Rory Linkletter? Ben Cahoon. He was an American who was all Canadian in the CFL. There you go. It's the, it's the reverse of that. I totally thought of that You've on come full too. circle. No one told me that at all. Coming up this week, <laughs> Brenna Porter. We talked about her story. She had a serious leg injury after hitting a hurdle in Austin at the NCAA Regionals, but finished the race. We're going to have her on the show tell us about that experience. That's an incredible story. Yeah, and Ed Eystone said, mark it down, she will be competing at the NCAA Championships next year. That's right, which are going on, and it's in the whip, and let's whip it. (laughs) 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Track and field. The latest from day one at the NCAA Track and Field Championships in Eugene, Oregon, Track Down USA, in the last lap of the 25 of the 10,000 meter race. BYU's Rory Link Letter went from 10th place to second place with a time of 2902.96. The second place finish, BYU's highest in that race since 1985 when Ed Eyestone won the race. Jacob Hessington, seventh overall in the 3,000-meter steeplechase with a time of 8 minutes, 43 seconds, and 23 hundredths. He runs in the finals tomorrow. BYU men's track and field currently in 10th place after day one of two at the NCAA championships with those eight points. And today, Jackson Walker continues competition in the decathlon. Whitney Orton in the 1,500. Christy Rush Briggs in the steeplechase. And Shay Collinsworth in the 800. Coverage on ESPN3 as well as ESPN2 tonight. Football. Dennis Pitta released by the Baltimore Ravens yesterday after suffering his third unfortunate hip injury of his career, coming off a season where he set a team record for catches. Cougars in the major leagues. A source confirmed to BYU Sports Nation, Jacob Brugman, has been called up to the Oakland Athletics. He's the first Cougar to receive a promotion to the show since Matt Carson in 2009. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair are currently playing in the St. Jude Classic. Summerhays and Blair are both three over par through 17, tied for 56th. Jerem? Volleyball. Thanks, Spencer. Former BYU men's volleyball opposite and Olympian Casey Patterson will play for Team USA in the 2017 FIVB Beach Volleyball World Championships in Vienna, Austria, July 28th through August 6th. Men's basketball. Our boy LJ Rose set to work out for the LA Lakers on Friday, according to Mike Bresnahan of Spectrum Sportsnet. Soccer. Who needs love the ball when you have LJ Rose? Men's soccer is Connor Fordham. Big baller brand. PDLT. He didn't even wear those shoes uh, in his workout. PDL team of the week. Fordham had two goals in BYU's 2 1 win over the fighting breaking bads of Albuquerque. BYU plays FC Boulder U23 today. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman went three for four with a run and a win for the AAA Iowa Cubs against the Oklahoma City Dodgers. He's a guy that could join Jacob Brugman Seriously. in the big show. Colt Mahoney pitched three innings, giving up one hit, struck out four batters, and a loss for the Greensboro Grasshoppers against the Hagerstown Suns. It's kind of a boring uh, mascot for a minor league team. The Suns? Come on. The Grasshoppers. We had the raw hide recently. It's much on. better. Grasshoppers? Yes. Let's go. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. We need the most DexterLaw.com. Isn't it obvious? Double dose. Rory Linkletter, second in 10,000 meters. Jacob Brugman called up to the show, baby. At the Papa Links. Follow him on Twitter. Rory, is he blonde or red? He says blonde. What's the best <laughs> runner-up finish in BYU history? Our elite tweet of the day from at Kip Kent. Dennis Pitta's upcoming second-place finish behind Jerem Jordan as yeah, they battle right. it out in the near future for co-host of BYU Sports Nation. You can get on board with that, can't you? I can get on that. Conversations on Twitter. Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mike Render. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern.